Hello, you're listening to Put On Your Positive Pants. I'm your host, Beth Wilson, and I'll be bringing you a dose of positivity every week. For this episode, I'm joined by Samantha Baines. She is an actress, an author, a comedian, and fellow podcaster. And we had a really great conversation. Samantha is hilarious for a start, but it was really interesting to hear about her journey with deafness. So she was not born deaf, uh, she was told that she was deaf as an adult and it was really interesting to hear kind of how that was, how that happened and then how she became an author of children's books with deaf characters and she's also just written a informative book on deaf and hearing loss. So yeah, really different episode today uh, because Samantha also describes herself as an accidental advocate for deafness and divorce too. So something a little different, uh, but a really great conversation. So I hope you enjoy. So enter the podcast, Samantha. Hi, Samantha. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I am good. Thank you. And could you please introduce yourself for my lovely listeners? Oh my goodness. Well, I am Samantha Baines. I do lots of things. So I'm an actress, comedian, author, broadcaster, podcaster, uh, writer, all of those things. Yes, and, yes, yes. Um, people normally like to know where they might have seen my face. And that might have been in The Crown or Call the Midwife or Silent Witness or BBC Comedy, you know, one of them. Um, I've also been on Loose Women, Life Goal Achieved. Um, and then, yeah. Um, I am an author. I've written three books, two children's books, and my new book, Living with Hearing Loss and Deafness, is available to pre-order now and out at the end of April 2023. And I have my own podcast called The Divorce Social, which is, we won two awards last year, which is very nice. Amazing. So Amazing. yeah, I do all sorts of things, but that's me. I also have a cat called Custard, a cat called Queen Victoria, a dog called Custard, and I love an Earl Grey tea. Fabulous. And that is the first time that anyone's added a little bit of facts to the end of the intro. So, so thank you. I really feel like I know you now. <laughs> well, I think otherwise it's just like, here's a list of things that I have done. And I'm like, no, we need to add the important stuff like pets. And my favourite drink. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, but I do love that list of things. You know, it's great to hear people celebrating who they are um, and kind of owning who they are and, and owning their achievements. Uh, yeah, I love that. Uh, so I've been following you on Instagram uh, for a while and I saw one of your videos that at the time you were five years into your death journey. Uh, so could you tell listeners a little bit about that and how it kind of came about? Yeah, so I had so I had a type of tinnitus since I was 12, which is a high-pitched beep. Mm-hmm. But I'd always thought tinnitus was the thing that you saw on TV and in films, like when there's been an explosion and there's that like ringing yeah. noise. And so yeah. my high-pitched beep wasn't really like that. So I assumed it was from grommets that I got put in when I was really young. 
Right. And it wasn't until I was like 29 that I discovered that grommets are simply a plastic tube to drain fluid from your ear. So there's no way they could create a beep. But I attributed this beep that I heard um, to my grommets for years and years and years. Then I got another type of tinnitus, still didn't know it was tinnitus at this stage. Um, and it was brought on by loud noises. So if I stood too close to like a speaker in a club or even someone like my sister shouting in my ear. Um, and it was a, a very weird noise. It's like a wavering noise. like. Um, so it could also have been because I have anxiety and I take medication for it and I'm a really fun person to be around. I imagined that there was an animal living inside my ear. And I know I'm a comedian as well, but um, this is true. This isn't me telling a joke. I was like, clearly there's something living in there. And when it hears a loud noise, it's like scrambling around to get out of the way. So I went, scary. I know, right? Because we, you know, you've seen those YouTube videos where they're like, and the whole family yeah. were living inside her. So, um, <laughs> so I went to my GP and I said, is there something living in my ear? And she was very nice to me. And she had a look in and she said, no, there's nothing living in there. Um, she didn't say it was tinnitus at the time, but she said, let's send you for a hearing test just to check that there's nothing else going on. It might be a bit of fluid on your ear. Like she gave some reasons. Um, and at the time, I didn't think I had any hearing loss. Um, and I thought she was like referring me because she was going to get a bonus or something if they referred a certain amount of people for a hearing test. So I was just like, oh, God, oh, yeah, all right. You know, I might as well check. So I went off to this hearing test thinking I was just getting my GP a bonus. And um, I, it's really funny because have you ever had a hearing test? No, I haven't, actually. So what I always say to people is it sounds straightforward, but in a hearing test, you can't hear what you can't hear yeah but in an eye test you can see that you can't read the bottom line yeah. so you know sort of your level yeah. whereas in a hearing test you have no idea and I'm really competitive so they like give you a little clicker thing and headphones and they play beeps and you have to click when you hear a beep and I was there thinking I'm nailing this like I'm gonna walk out and they're gonna engrave my name on some sort of board being like she's the best she has the best hearing in the world. She's the superwoman. Like, this is incredible um, because you've no idea. And then so I came out and it's quite fun because it's like a little competition. And I came out and um, they showed me my hearing graphs and they said, you have hearing loss in both ears. Right. But it's um, it's uh, a lot more in, in one ear, which is my right ear. So we'd recommend that you use a hearing aid in that ear. So it was a complete jaw on the floor moment. I did yeah, not expect it at all. So looking back, I can see, obviously, there were lots of signs I couldn't hear things, but I was attributing it all to, you know, excuses like that person's mumbling or this TV program is just really quiet. That's why I need subtitles. Or I, I always thought I didn't like talking to people on the phone just because, not because yeah. it was difficult for me to understand what people are saying and and I'd always miss words and things so yeah it was a complete shock I was 29 and then I got my hearing aid when I was 30 and yeah it's kind of changed my life at the time I thought it was going to be a terrible thing because 
you know, I was in period dramas like The Crown and I thought, well, I can't wear a hearing aid in those, like a modern hearing aid. And I was doing the radio a lot and I thought, oh my gosh, who whoever's heard of a deaf radio presenter? Um, but, you know, there are quite a few. And uh, so I was really worried that, you know, I couldn't do my job anymore and everything was going to fall apart. And actually it's been one of the best things that's ever happened to me and it's introduced me to loads of incredible people yeah. and you know I've had loads of amazing opportunities because of it yeah yeah definitely and that that comes across you know on on your Instagram that you're you're always doing things you know and you've written this book uh which is it's amazing well you've you've written two children's book but um but this new book um that's coming out so so yeah tell us a little bit more about the book here's your chance to to plug it Oh, well, please buy it is the most important <laughs> thing to say. Um, so this was the book that I originally wanted to write before I wrote children's books. Right. Um, it was my first idea for a book because it's nonfiction. So I thought it's kind of it would be the most straightforward for me being a stand up and then like, you know, writing down my stand up almost in, in book format. And I, um, when I discovered I had hearing loss and now I call myself deaf with a small D. Okay. Um, when I discovered I was deaf, I, my first thing was like, I went to find a book where someone could tell me what to do now. And like from the audiologist, I was given a couple of leaflets. Um, and obviously I didn't really hear anything that they said in that first you know audiologist appointment because I was just in shock from them telling me I should use a hearing aid um so they gave me a couple of leaflets and on the front of these leaflets there were like gray-haired people um and and the person closest to me was like the nurse on the leaflet yeah. and I felt really like I actually cried in a um Westfield bike storage room but um afterwards but I just felt really like alone and different and like there was no one else like me and no one was getting a hearing aid um or or being deaf at my age and obviously that is completely not true but at the time that's how I felt um so I wanted to kind of go out there and find someone who'd done it before who could tell me what to do because it was like this whole new world that I was walking into and I did find some books a lot of them were um, either like biographies of incredible deaf people um, a lot of whom had been born deaf mm -hmm. or there were like kind of drier academic texts about deafness and deaf studies which were really interesting too but at the time I just wanted like a person to be like this happened to me too I discovered I was deaf um and uh, I got a hearing aid and here's what you need to know about hearing aids and uh here's what you need to know about terminology around deafness because the audiologist said to me you have hearing loss um and actually people call themselves hard of hearing or deaf with a small d or deaf with a capital d which is you know, based around deaf culture and deaf traditions and uh, deaf language, which is BSL, British Sign Language. So there was all this stuff that I had no idea and I needed like a dictionary. I wanted to know the vocab and top tips. 
and also just hear that other people felt like me and also maybe cried in shopping centers um, before getting excited and, and kind of connecting with the deaf community. So I couldn't find that book. So that's why I wanted to write it. And at the time, you know, this is like five years ago, I, I sort of floated the idea with some booky people and they were like, yeah, sure. It's a bit niche. Um, and, you know, there's 12 million people in the UK who have some form of hearing loss or deafness. So it's a lot of people, but we don't really talk about it. And it's not, yeah. you know, and and actually, since I've started talking about it, lots of people that I've known for years have, have sort of said, oh, I have hearing aids. And, you know, I never knew until I told them about mine and yeah. kind of created that space where they could share, too, if they wanted to. So, um, yeah, it didn't really happen at that time. There wasn't much interest. I didn't really know how you went about books. Um, and, you know, when I was at school, I remember thinking, oh, I can never be an author because authors are like old, posh white men. Yeah. Um, and I have a certain amount of privilege as a white person. But, uh, you know, I'm a woman and and from a kind of working middle class family. So, I was the first person in my family to go to university and, you know, all of those things. So I thought, oh, books, that's not for people like me. Um, so actually finding the book world was amazing. And then I sort of found out more about it, writing two children's books with deaf main characters. Um, and then I sort of kept coming back to this book and I was like, I wonder if anyone would let me make this book and write this book. And I think it's interesting with books as well, because you never really hear about the rejections. You know, yeah. I sent this book, we pitched this book and I, I have a book agent. We pitched it to lots of different publishers and only one said yes, but you only need one to say yes. Yeah. So the brilliant people at Headline said yes. And, you know, thank goodness for them, because I honestly do want this book to be out there to help people. You know, it's... um you know, it's very nice that I've been able to write a book, but it's not necessarily like a vehicle for me to get yeah. more acting jobs. It's like I I want to help and I want there to be that book that I looked for. So I really hope it can be that for other people. So so, yeah, if, if someone's just discovered they're deaf or have hearing loss, the book has lots of practical tips and information about that. If um, people are deaf, um, maybe they were born deaf or later in life, you know, hopefully they can feel seen in the book. And we discuss lots of things that kind of aren't readily talked about, like mental health and the LGBTQIA plus community in the deaf world and, and things like that. And then also, if you're hearing and you have no experience of deafness, then hopefully you can learn some things and um, maybe, you know, help out some deaf colleagues that you work with or you know bring some deaf awareness to your workplace and general life so hopefully it's useful it sounds it definitely and <laughs> please I, buy it <laughs> yeah we'll do um I think it's great when people create things through you know through their own experience of hang on this is something that I would have wanted or you know you kind of you just want to be seen don't you and you know when you got those leaflets you were like 
you know this this isn't this isn't me you know you don't you don't see yourself and and that's that's all we want really we just we just want to be seen for kind of our our authentic self so so yeah I think it's really great people will definitely um you know take things from it and I think you know you you don't have to be deaf to read it as well you know like you say I think it'll be really helpful for people and and I think that's what's great about things like Instagram. You know, that's my kind of chosen uh, preferred platform. But, you know, I'm following people that, that don't mirror who I am at all. But that is just so great. Like it's it's so great to diversify like the content that you're getting and, and learning stuff like I'm learning loads. And yeah, it's great. Yeah, that's what I love Instagram for as well. Like it connects you with people that maybe you wouldn't normally meet in your everyday life and you can definitely learn from them and um yeah it's been I I sort of call myself an accidental activist because you know as an actor and comedian I never really set out to like (laughs) I don't know because now I'm an I'm an ambassador for RNID which is a deaf charity and I help with their campaigns and stuff like that but I never really set out to do stuff like that I sort of set out just to make people laugh so you know and entertain so hopefully there are entertaining moments in the book as well as there's lots of silly stories of me you know on my deaf journey as well but yeah I've sort of come into this role of of talking about these world two taboo subjects actually deafness and then also divorce with my podcast Yeah, so uh, that's a nice little segue into, <laughs> you've done this before, um, into your podcast. And I wanted to ask you, you know, what's your, what's the like key thing that you've learned from doing that yourself? Oh, the key thing I've learned about divorce or from doing a podcast by myself? Uh, I think about divorce. Yeah, I think the reason I set up it was, I mean, a similar thing. The reason I set up the divorce social is because I got divorced and I didn't know anyone else who'd been divorced at the time. Um, and I just, it was, it was a very selfish thing, actually, the podcast, because I just wanted to talk to other people and be like, am I strange? Do you feel this too? Is this how divorces normally go? And a podcast is a really great excuse to make people talk to you. Um, <laughs> So it was kind of that to begin with. And I remember I sort of told a friend, a sort of industry friend that I was thinking about doing this podcast. And they said, who's going to want to listen to two women moaning about their ex-husbands? And I was like, oh, God, uh, is that what people think it's going to be? But I still went ahead. And and I think the the most amazing thing I've learned I think I learned something from everyone I yeah I bet but the most amazing thing I've learned is everyone's happier now like and that's not to say get divorced it it makes you happy full stop um it's just I think if you make a decision where you prioritize yourself and your happiness it's such a brave and courageous thing to do and you might take years to work up to doing it because it's a big step yeah. And once you do, it flips your life upside down. And, you know, there's so many things you have to deal with. But in the end, you will be happier and you will, you know, and even if a lot of people I've interviewed, like maybe their divorce has been a shock to them or it's come out of the blue. But still, you know, it, there was there's a reason it ended. 
whether that's them or the other person. So if the other person, I think Sarah Millican said this on my podcast, if the other person doesn't think you're absolutely brilliant, why would you want to be with them? So, you know, at the end of the day, you, of course, you'd be happier because you're not with a person who's, you know, not giving you what you deserve and you're not, and maybe you're in an environment where you weren't prioritizing yourself and your own feelings. So that is what's lovely to hear is people have gone through incredibly tough situations, but they've survived and they're okay and more than okay, they're thriving. And that's lovely and reassuring to hear. Yeah. Yeah. And that is so great. Like that's another thing about taking on like a, not a taboo subject, but a a subject that's not really spoken about a lot. You know, divorce isn't spoken about in a, in a positive way, especially. Uh, So it's, it's great to hear that, you know, people can come on, speak to you, you can both relate and yeah, just feel that sense of yeah, community and like belonging and like, you know, like you said, oh, I'm not weird. And this is kind of normal for people, you know, it's it's happening all the time, isn't it? Um, well, yeah, it's how, you know, half of marriages end. And I would say yeah. it is still quite taboo. You know, people, yeah. people tiptoe around the subject. And, you know, if someone gets divorced in your office, for example, you might be like, oh, I don't know what to say, because we haven't had those conversations and those open conversations. And really, the podcast is a place where we can just talk about it openly. And yeah, I try to give people, you know, some people I interview and I just go, what's it like being on the divorce social, which is always my first question. And then off they go for an hour. And I don't really I just have to listen. I don't really have to ask any questions. You know, it's just giving people the space to talk about these things that have always been brushed under the carpet, I think is important. And I don't think I realized, you know, what that would mean to people. As I said, I started it selfishly and I've had so many messages from people, you know, saying like the podcast has like saved me and stuff. And you don't always realize the impact of what you're doing until you do it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, people will feel that about your book as well. Like, I really hope for you that obviously it's a success and that you get those same kind of messages of, you know, thank you so much for writing something that, that, yeah, that I can just relate to. And, and, you know, we all want to see ourselves and kind of read something or hear something that's like, oh my God, that is me. Or yes, I've been through that. Or, oh, I've had that weird thought as well. I think we all kind of have those thoughts where we're just like is this normal like is this okay and and yeah like and a lot of comedies about that as well because a lot of comedies like I do this thing and then people (laughs) in the audience are like I relate to you doing that thing that's funny you know and and obviously the things that I do it's a bit strange actually because my career has become sort of just like giving people space like it's not you know the podcast isn't like oh look at me I'm so talented in talking about divorce like that's not I'm not like I'm not trying to teach anyone anything I am not an expert in any way but I am trying to just provide a space to talk about it and it's the same with the book you know I've interviewed I do share my own stories but I've interviewed audiologists and charity workers and 
people who are born deaf, who, who use BSL, like a, a nurse who's working in the NHS who's deaf, like a dancer who's deaf and like just really interesting people so they can share their opinions too. And I don't know, I feel like I'm a, I'm like a room. <laughs> I'm like a room for hire that'll give <laughs> you a, a space to do nice things in. <laughs> I love it that is such a good way to think about it actually that you're just giving people the space and and sometimes that's all people need like that's all people need to just be be heard you know um so yeah it's great keep it up girl um so I uh usually ask um guests for like their top tips but I thought I would turn it on its head a little bit and ask you kind of, I guess, what are your, like, I guess, three main questions that you get asked about um, in your various guises of either the podcast or, or being in the deaf community um, and how do you tackle them? Yeah, so, well, one of the main questions I get asked is, is Channing Tatum nice? Did you sleep with him? Um, oh, okay because I worked on Magic Mike Live, which was directed by Channing Tatum. I did not sleep with him, alas. Um, but thank you to all the people who've asked me for assuming <laughs> that that could be something I'd done. And I really appreciate your championing of me and my vagina. Um, uh, and he is very nice. So th those aren't really tips, but that's just an answer to a question that I get a lot um random but I love it <laughs> yeah more serious questions are um a lot of people ask me when do you know when it's the right time to end a relationship mm -hmm. and you know as I said before I am not an expert like I yeah. got divorced myself but I've only done that one time um so maybe if I've done it a few more times then I can give you better advice but you know I have spoken to a lot of people about their experiences and I think that I can't tell you when the right time is to get divorced only you can decide if you're going to separate break up get divorced and if that's right for you and it's not right you know some people want to get divorced but then they actually stay together and work through it and carry on and some people want to get divorced and then do and then you know are happier in the end but it flips their lives upside down so it's a really annoying answer but um I can't tell you when the right time is you need to know and it is something that you know you need to think about and and also think about practically of like you know this is another one of the things that we don't always talk about is like finances and like you know, how would that work out? Can you make a spreadsheet of all your incomings and outgoings and how much money does that leave you with? And could you take over the mortgage or the rent or would you have to find somewhere else? And how much money do you have left if you have to find somewhere else? Where can you expect to live? And, you know, it, it's it's not as exciting as just thinking about love, but it's the practical side of actually what will happen if I do end this relationship and you know if you have a child how will co-parenting work how would you like that to work you know so there are lots of, of factors to come into it but I think it's a very brave thing to even think about it yeah and start that conversation with yourself 
So I always say to people like, just well done for being honest with yourself and how you feel. But, you know, I'm not, um, I think I've been accused in the past of being like a a poster girl for divorce. I'm not like, everyone get divorced, it's better. (laughs) Like, I still like the idea of marriage. I'm, I'm, I don't know if I want to get married again, but I wouldn't, I'm not like, I am never being married again you know it's not that I hate marriage at all it's it's just you know I want people to be happy and I wanted me to be happy and my ex wanted to be happy too yeah and then the other question that I get all the time is um it's kind of not a question it's a statement and actually um there are two uh deaf content creators and on Instagram they're brilliant they're called being her um, if you want to look them up and follow them on Instagram and they're twins and they do fashion and they also do kind of content about them being deaf and they both use BSL um, and they they did a video recently that lots of people just send them the message hello I'm deaf um, as like a way to connect presumably but th- yeah. but they don't know what to say back to it because it's a bit like okay cool <laughs> like it's like saying to someone hello I have a car and you have a car um so so a lot of the time people will get in contact with me and and sort of do that of like hello I've got a hearing aid or I've just been told I need a hearing aid um and I love it because I love that I'm able to like be there for someone to who you know because I I didn't have that like I didn't follow any deaf content creators on social media when I found out I needed a hearing aid but all before that um so I love that I can be there for people to connect um but I guess it's quite difficult sometimes it's like oh cool (laughs) so sometimes I just say like welcome to the club like it's gonna be okay and then try and like direct them to um I'm an ambassador for RNID as I said the Royal National Institute for Deaf People so I normally direct people to their website there's lots of information and stuff but hopefully um the book will be a good answer to that message which isn't really a question but then also I don't want people to be like hi you know I've got a hearing aid and then I'm like buy my book Um, (laughs) it feels a bit cold but (laughs) you know that is kind of what it's gonna be there for yeah yeah you could give a bit of nice chat and then be like (laughs) just so you know I have this book. I have 80,000 words of advice in this book. Yeah. So if you want listeners to take away just one thing from everything you've said today, what would it be? Oh, that's hard. I think for me, someone asked me recently in an interview what my life ambitions Oh, and probably 10 years ago I would have been like to have the Graham Norton show but it'd be the Samantha Bain show or like write my own sitcom and star in it like really specific things and I think now you know since getting a hearing aid realizing I was deaf getting divorced I also lost my dad and going through all of that my goal is being happy number one and also bringing joy which sounds very I mean over the top doesn't it but like 
as a goal, I just think if I can make people smile or giggle or whatever that is, then, you know, I've done a good job. Um, so I think, you know, just remember that happiness is important and whether that's currently you're in a difficult situation, you don't know what to do, please prioritize your own happiness. Or if you're feeling quite nice at the moment and happy, you know, sharing that with other people and just like smiling at someone in the street. So I think that would be the thing I'd want people to take. Love it. And also it is not like lame or silly because they are also my goals as well. When people ask me like, what do you want to do or what do you want to be? I'm just like happy. That's all I want. And I just want to, I mean, this part of this podcast, well, this podcast is for just bringing joy and and kind of, yeah, just spreading it, you know? Everyone... And your social media makes me happy. Oh, yours does too. I love the videos at the moment where you're like reacting to stuff, by the way. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I like creating all this like re- content that I was like editing. And then I did one reaction video to someone opening a yogurt pot <laughs> where I literally just opened my mouth and it's got like a million and a half views and one and a half million, not a million and a half um, views. And then I was like, okay. We'll just do some reaction videos and <laughs> for it. Yeah. But anyway, I love it. Every, everyone wants to be happy. And if you do that through doing those things, then keep it up. You know, we're all here for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. so we're coming to the end uh, where I ask guests for a recommendation of something. So it could be a book, TV show, podcast, whatever. Uh, where do you go for inspiration? Oh, do you know what? I love reading children's books. I know I've also written too, but it was when I started in the children's book world, I started reading more children's books as an adult and I absolutely love it because you finish them way quicker yeah. and you feel that sense of achievement. And also there's they're just so creative and there's like whole different worlds and magic yeah. and like I miss that joy of all those creative things when I, you know, that I used to read when I was younger. So I would recommend going to the children's section in a bookshop and just picking up whatever cover makes you feel like, ooh, and happy and reading it. Nice. We've not had children's books before, so that's great. Thank you. And and I know what you mean. You kind of, I don't know, adult life can, you know, can be a bit boring, mortgages, et cetera, et cetera. And it's, yeah. it's just nice to just have that like nostalgia and like you say a bit of magic again yeah yeah I mean I'm promoting my book which is a very like normal life at the moment but also um I like to escape sometimes when I read so yes some magic please yeah more magic please yeah glitter all that yeah (laughs) red capes bring it (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So thank you so much, Samantha, for coming on today. It's been really great. I will put all your details in the show notes. I'm going to put links to all the books, pre-order the new book, buy the other books, their children's books. So people will be taking on your recommendation as well. So it's like win-win. So, so yeah. But thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. It was really great to chat with Samantha, hear her story, and 
have a real good laugh along the way. I hope that comes across and I hope that you've learned something from this episode too. So if you want to connect with Samantha, you can find her details in the show notes and go and buy her book, please. If you'd like to be a guest on the pod or have any recommendations for guests, drop me a DM over on Instagram at PositivityWithBeth or email thejoyseries1, that's the number one, at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening again. Remember to like, rate or subscribe to put on your positive pants so even more people can access a weekly dose of positivity. I'd really love it if you could leave a review too. Until next time, bye! Thank you.